This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Man, what a Thursday night in Carolina. Doesn't matter how it happens, how hard fought it was, how ugly it might have been at times. It turns out to be a gorgeous trip to the Carolinas because you don't apologize for victories, especially division wins, especially division wins on the road. Welcome in. It is a recap edition off a Thursday night victory of nothing but bucks. I'm your somewhat capable and lucid host. After getting back in the middle of the night, Thursday night, Friday morning, we are here. We are here to recap what happened in the Buccaneers' 20-14 win over the Carolina Panthers to even their record at 1-1. The first win in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer coaching career for Bruce Arians. And look, it, it came down to the final moments of the game, a fourth down play in which Vernon Hargraves, the former number one pick out of Florida, manned up as a one-on-one defensive back against Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers running back, and score it for Hargraves on a great tackle to keep McCaffrey from not only getting in the end zone, didn't pick up the first down on fourth and one at the two-yard line. My goodness. Uh, Great individual effort, great effort overall by the defense, which held the Panthers without a touchdown in their home stadium, held them to only three points on offense in the second half. Yes, they got the Luke Keekley safety, five total points, but it's a 20-14 win because that D did its job, and the offense did enough. Uh, Jameis Winston and the offense putting together a couple of big scoring drives, uh, a Peyton Barber touchdown, capping one scoring drive in the third quarter that gave the Bucks the lead for good, and then a critical six-and-a-half-minute drive uh, in the fourth quarter, which killed a lot of the clock, and then a Matt Gay field goal made it certain that Carolina could not tie the game with a field goal, was going to have to have a touchdown, and was going to more than likely only have one possession to do it, and that's where the defense came through. So let me lay it out for you here on Nothing But Bucks of what we got. We're going to have highlights here in a moment in case you missed the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and I'm down there on the sideline at field level giving some insight and some analysis from Buccaneers Radio. We'll hear from some, uh, from some guests after this one was over with. Our Hooters postgame show, late, late night on the radio. A lot of you may not have heard some of these interviews We talk with Vernon Hargraves about that big tackle in the defensive performance. We talk with Chris Godwin. Enormous game again for him. How good has that guy been since the middle of last year, beginning of this season? He is a huge weapon. The word is now out that Godwin is one of the best receivers right now in football. One of the most productive. When you're talking about another 8-catch, 120-yard game, another touchdown, great performance by Godwin last night. Uh, You'll hear from Shaq Barrett, the free agent acquisition pass rusher who had been with the Denver Broncos. Barrett all over Cam Newton, the Panthers quarterback. Not one, not two, but a hat trick of sacks in the third period alone of the game Thursday night. Buccaneer pass rush bothering Newton. McCaffrey could run nowhere. I mean, the defense, a real story, uh, to say the least, in this game on Thursday evening. So you'll hear from Shaq Barrett. You'll hear from Jameis Winston about the win, sweet win in Carolina, and head coach Bruce Arians as well. And we'll have another special guest 
later on in the podcast. Buccaneers radio analyst Dave Moore and I in the middle of the night after everything was done and we were off the air, conversed some more about this game. Hear the conversation about what number 83, the former Buck tight end, thought about that defensive stand, the play of Jameis Winston, the importance of this win. Look, you cannot overemphasize that on a short week to come back and get this victory, and even your record up at 1-1, one and one, huge, huge, with 10 days until the next game with the Giants, you did not want to be 0-2. You did not want to hear all of the second-guessing, the, the, the uh, cat calls, the calls to sports radio, the internet, social media, bashing this team about an 0-2 start, so you're able to silence that. And I will say that just like we were talking a few days ago off the loss to San Francisco, it is only a game. The second game of the year, it's only a game. We have 14 more games to see how this season unfolds. And we'll really have a better idea, obviously, in October, mid, late October. What's your record then? How are you looking? Are you improving? How is your how is your health and your depth? I mean, the Bucks suffered a couple of more injuries last night. One, at the time that I'm taping the podcast, we don't know the severity of the knee injury to Devin White. You may have learned that later on Friday or later on the weekend. I'm not sure that we're going to get much of an update this weekend until early next week. We'll see. The hope is that White, who was injured in the first series of the game, the number one pick out of LSU, the linebacker, will be able to be back and be back soon. Bruce Arians basically said they don't believe it's serious, but they don't know. MRI coming. We'll find out what the injury is uh, for Devin White. You also lost uh, one of the draft picks this year, defensive back Jamel Dean, to a left leg injury as the second half unfolded. So you've you've had some injuries uh, for this team that they're trying to overcome right now here in just a couple of weeks of the season. And that will factor in. you got to stay healthy. That will factor in as the year goes on as to what your record going to be. How are those backups? How's the front office doing with being able to acquire more depth from other teams, a waiver wire, your own practice squad? All of that plays in. That's for later. That's for down the road. Are we ready to enjoy things? Are we ready to reminisce a little bit about what happened at Bank of America Stadium on Thursday night? I think that we are. So let's uh, let's watch as things uh, and listen as things unfolded on Thursday evening and have a good time reliving the highlights from Buccaneers Radio and the calls again of Mean Gene Deckerhoff as this thing unfolded. Uh, Carolina, uh, by the way, uh, lost the opening toss. Bucks won the toss. Bucks uh, got a first down, but then ended up having to punt. So Carolina gets the ball and starts to move the ball, and the rain is starting to come down. They have, it's, it's humorous. We mentioned this on the radio broadcast. They did bring it up before the game. They have not had, in September, significant rain in Charlotte, in downtown Charlotte, in 60 years. That's what the meteorologist in stadium said just before kickoff about the rain shower before the game, that September is a traditionally bone-dry month in the middle of the state of North Carolina. You would think with tropical storms and hurricanes that they would have gotten some rain, but apparently in September it's not as big a deal. And so the rain was unusual. The rain was coming down. Cold raindrops. I'm down there on the sideline. Cold, big raindrops coming down. It kind of affected things a little bit early on in the game. Well, then the, the Panthers were trying to go for it here with Cam Newton scrambling on fourth down. This would kind of be a tone setter for the defense on this Thursday night. Cam Newton of the backfield shotgun formation. They shift the receiver back there. Hand the ball off to, oh, running with the ball. Cam Newton, he fumbled the ball, but he was down by contact, I believe. He is right at the mark to make. This may need a 
A measurement. Let's see if Jerome Boger is going to say first down or bring in the chain gang. Here comes the measurement. Boger will spot it. I don't short. think he made it. He is going to be short by a foot. So Newton was stopped short. They measured. It was a fourth down, and he ended up missing by about a foot. That would that would be a story of the night on trying to go for it on fourth down. The Bucks get the stop. They get the ball at midfield with eight and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. And then what do we have? We have a weather delay. Lightning in the area, so they tell the fans to clear the concourse. They tell all of us on the field, you got to go inside, you got to get off the field by league policy. Lightning in the area. You were going to have to wait at least 20 minutes and, and maybe longer to see if there's another lightning strike. You can play in the rain, as we were doing. You can't play in the lightning by league policy and for safety for the fans, especially on a possible lightning strike in and around the stadium. So once things came back, uh, together, that's when the Bucks began to put things uh, together in this football game. Jameis Winston leading a drive here in the second period of this game and going up top to his primary target, Mike Evans. Dropping deep with though Winston throws the deep ball down the far sideline. Receiver and a great catch by the Buccaneers. Mike Evans, his biggest catch of the season, over the shoulder, and the Bucks are in business at the Carolina 30-yard line. Boy, great touch on the ball down the left sideline. A 41-yard gain to Mike Evans on that play. And it really seemed to energize uh, the Bucks and really calm things down in terms of Winston and uh, his accuracy. You know, I know, I know there's going to be some criticism about how he played and how he performed. It's always the case with, uh, with the star quarterback. But Jameis uh, ended up in this uh, football game 11 of 14 to begin the game. So he was playing solidly. You're just trying to get in the end zone. And eventually, uh, late in that second quarter, uh, the Bucks would get in the end zone right here. Hinkley calling the defensive play action fake sold by Winston. Those toward the end zone. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Godwin's got a touchdown catch against Carolina. Had two of the last time we played these guys. And the great throw by Winston hit him right in the hands in the end zone. Bucks take the lead. Back-to-back -back weeks, Chris Godwin comes up with a touchdown catch, a 20-yarder on this one, capping off the five-play, 72-yard quick drive. And the Buccaneers had the lead. 10 to 6 as it would turn out uh, a good cushion the only touchdown of the first half the Panthers would get another field goal late in the half their rookie kicker Joey Sly from Virginia Tech taking over for Graham Gano Gano the longtime Pro Bowl caliber kicker of the Panthers has a knee injury so he was placed on injured reserve right at the final cutdowns and uh, Sly kicked repeated long field goals uh, including that 54 yarder that cut the lead to one. That 54-yarder came on the final play of the first half for a 10-9 uh, Buccaneer advantage at intermission. Coach Bruce Arian said to me, hey, we played too soft on the halftime interview. We played too soft on that last drive. Let him get a field goal. Can't just let him get three points. That might be big later on in the game. You knew this was probably going to be a tightly played second half. So the game 10-9 in favor of the Buccaneers. Well, then the Buck defense would crank it up and start making plays, including uh, being able to stop Cam Newton again. Newton clearly not himself in terms of the shoulder surgery in the offseason, injured foot in the preseason, not able to scramble and run. Here he was trying to make something happen. The Buck defense, Johnny on the spot. Here's the uh, play action fake, and Cam Newton's going to try to avoid us. Makes one guy. He's ever been follow football. Bucks dive on it. I think Tampa Bay has the ball. Tampa Bay Buccaneers sack Newton, force a fumble, and Tampa Bay has the football. 
Boy, a great job by Levante David and company knocking the ball out on Cam Newton. And Damakong Sue recovered the fumble, got the turnover. Uh, and give, again, give credit where it is due here to the Buck defense because this is a theme as we go through the highlights that they rose to the occasion over and over again making plays, especially in the second half. So did we mention making plays defensively in the second half? Give me a little Shaq Barrett rushing the quarterback in the third quarter. They'll send a tight end in motion, play action fake. Newton wants to throw. He's on the break. He'll be sacked for the first time tonight. He's hit from the right side and stuffed and knocked down. It's Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett's second sack in as many games. Barrett, who had the lone sack last week against the 49ers, gets that sack in the third quarter, and he didn't stop there. He got another sack. Uh, again in the uh, in the third quarter and now facing third and long here comes the Buck D pinning its ears back and the pass rusher Barrett uh, gets home yet again third down 17 empty backfield dropping Newton dropping he's gonna be sacked again Barrett's got a hat trick and he drops him at the 34 yard dive it was a shack attack three sacks in that a sequence in the third quarter. It is the first time since Simeon Rice got three sacks in a game. The Bucks have had a three-sack game. We were doing the research last night, and they may come out with a note later today. It had been at least since 1991 that the Buccaneers have not had a player get three sacks in one quarter. They'll officially come out with who it was or where it was because you got to research every half, every quarter of every game to find out where did the sacks come. And in this case, Barrett, newly acquired as a free agent, uh, shows up large with three of them in the game. All right, so things would progress along. Buccaneers now, after a long field goal again by Sly, those sacks back the field goal up to a 51-yarder. He made it off the right upright, making the game 12-10. to 10. So Carolina led for the first time in the game on Sly's fourth field goal of the night. And that's when Tampa Bay would stomp on the accelerator again, march down the field, Peyton Barber running tough between the tackles. Uh, Barber didn't get utilized a lot in the game last week with San Francisco, especially in the second half of the game. He was tough in the second half on Thursday night in Charlotte, including right here. From the 16-yard line, Winston hands the ball off, and Barber up the middle to the 10, 3-2-1! He's got a Tampa Bay touchdown! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Barber right up the gut, made a guy miss at the line, and takes it to the promised land. Yes, sir. Mean Gene Deckerhoff on the calls with Dave Moore. That's the first rushing touchdown of the season for your Buccaneers. 16 yards out for Peyton Barber, who finished on the night with 82 tough yards on the ground. Uh, coming up with those on 23 carries, just kept falling forward. I know Luke Keekley made a ton of tackles. What did he finish with? 18, 19, 27, 38 tackles. He was he was tackling Barber left and right, but Barber kept running hard, keeping the legs moving. Great physical strength at 220 pounds to fall forward, uh, fall through tackles, be able to continue to get positive yardage even after contact. And that touchdown run, again, he, he had contact around the three-yard line, banged through, got in the end zone. 17-12, to 12, the Bucks would lead, and they would lead for good for the rest of the game. Now, it wasn't easy to put the game away, but they would lead for good the rest of the game. All right, so a couple of critical sequences here as... Uh, Peyton Barber was tackled in the end zone for a safety, so that makes the game 17-14. The Bucks end up punting the ball away to the Panthers, and the Panthers end up 
uh, near midfield, just across midfield, trying to go for it here on a fourth down. We know their coach, Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, as he's known, loves to gamble and go for it on fourth down. He had already, already gone for it on fourth down, as we mentioned, back all the way in the first quarter on the first possession. Going for it again on fourth down here, yet another huge moment for the Buccaneers' D. Fourth down and one. Newton looking under pressure. Throws the ball upfield. Throws it up for grabs. It's incomplete, and the Bucs take over. Again, big pressure by Shaq Barrett. He did not get his fourth sack of the game, but he put so much pressure on Newton, he had to get rid of the ball, and it sailed harmlessly incomplete at the 25-yard line. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, dialing up another great pass rush. Shaq Barrett coming clean on that pass rush. Newton throwing incomplete. you got to question some of what Norv Turner, the offensive coordinator of Carolina, Ron Rivera were trying to do with Cam Newton. They had even the shotgun on a fourth and one, trying to complete a 25-yard out route downfield. And I, I will say what I said on the broadcast last night. I am eminently qualified here on Nothing But Bucks and Buccaneers Radio. I stand at field level for every game, folks, and have done so. This is my 15th season of being down there. I have been down for every game that Cam Newton has played against the Bucks, and he hasn't played in every one of the matchups. He's been injured some, but I've been watching him since he came into the league in 2011. It's now 2019. It is now his ninth season in the NFL, and you can clearly see after the shoulder surgery that Newton is having to wind up and labor to throw the ball down the field with zip on it. You can see that from field level. He does not have a fluid throwing motion. He does not have the, the lightning arm that he had earlier in his career. Look, we all get older. He's been banged around. He's got the injured shoulder. It's surgically repaired. You know, there was a lot of talk about Andrew Luck having to change his throwing motion after two shoulder surgeries. I don't sense so much that Newton is having to change the throwing motion, but you could see him having to try to put extra muscle, extra mustard figuratively on the ball just to get it to the out routes. A little extra half second kind of wind up. The best way to describe it, he's laboring to put zip on the ball down the field. Yes, it's getting there, but it's not getting there with the same velocity for Cam Newton. And that benefited the Bucs who took over on downs. And the Buccaneers again just continue to hammer away. This would be a big moment uh, in the game. The Bucs take over. They go on an 11-play, 53-yard drive. The drive beginning at the at about the nine-minute mark, it goes all the way down to the two-and-a-half-minute mark. It is a six-and-a-half-minute, 11-play drive eating up the clock. And eventually, the rookie Matt Gay would put this field goal through. 32-yard field goal. Attempt by Matt Gay. Good snap, the spot down, the kick is airborne, and it is good. And the Buccaneers lead by a half dozen, 20 to 14. That 32-yard field goal, large for several reasons. You needed to get points there. Gay had missed a kick earlier in the third quarter because now a field goal cannot tie you. The Panthers are going to have to have a touchdown. That's that's part of it. And for all of, all of what you were watching there for that great drive, uh, chewing up the clock. You can't get demoralized and come away with no points again with a missed field goal. So now the defense gets a rest. You're enthused. You're up six. And you basically knew with two and a half minutes left, Carolina was basically going to have one possession to get the touchdown. If it's a short drive, they were going to maybe get the ball twice with two opportunities, especially if it was only a field goal needed to tie or maybe two field goals to win. Now they were going to have to have a touchdown. Down 20-14, to 14, the Panthers. And that led us to the final sequence. And, and let me say some things about this. I mean, Buck defense played its guts out again, putting pressure on Newton, trying to make stops. Questionable call on Carlton Davis, the defensive back, uh, on whether or not it was pass interference 
or not. The crowd was booing. They ruled it was not pass interference with Curtis Samuel. So then later, Carolina gets the call on the face mask. Uh, again, it's uh, it's it's Carlton Davis, the second-year defensive back, locked up with Samuel, the receiver. Was it a 15-yard face mask? I did not believe so. I believe it was incidental contact. Again, we do this on Buccaneers Radio and the Nothing But Bucks podcast. But I believed that it should have only been five. They ruled 15. And then Jerome Boger and his crew, look, it's easy to bash the officials, but they make it easy when they have a fourth quarter like last night where they repeatedly don't look like they know what to call or what to do. When Boger and his six-person crew huddle around him and they don't know, are we calling completion? Are we are we adding the penalty on? Is the penalty going to supersede the completion? They didn't know what to call. Boger had to go over, put the headset on, and talk to Al Riveron and the command center in New York for instant replay to have Al Riveron call it for him and tell him what to do. That's not a good look. Not a good look for that officiating crew last night and they huddled two or three times on different calls uh, you know i know rivera was very upset when he challenged the pass interference no pass interference they did not call pass interference they probably could have on the play they didn't and again uh, they huddled up he was chewing them out again that was a new york decision so that we're clear on this this new pass interference replay rule that is not the referee making the call watching the replay. That is Riveron, his staff in the command center. They're making the call on whether it's pass interference or not. So if, if Ron Rivera's upset, which he was, that you know, Al Riveron's line has been here for the last few weeks. He was on NFL Network talking about it earlier this week and online as well on NFL.com saying it's got to be clear and convincing evidence, especially on the pass interference judgment calls. It's clear and convincing on everything, but especially on those. For them to overturn, whether it was or it wasn't, it's got to be clear and convincing. They obviously didn't feel that there last night. All right, so enough about the officiating. Now we get inside of the final two minutes. Carolina inside of the five-yard line. The Bucks do a good job stopping the slant route pass at about the three. And then, look, by his own admission, you'll hear Bruce Arians talking about this on our post-game interview that I'm going to play for you in a minute here on the podcast. He calls back-to-back timeouts. You can't do that. It's a no-no. And I will say this, Buck fans, uh, about a decade ago, that used to be an unsportsmanlike conduct foul. That used to be a 15-yard penalty, and it would have been an automatic first down. And all but disaster, because it would have given Carolina first and goal from like the one-yard line or the two-yard line, and they would have had four cracks to score. Instead, they've modified the rule in recent years. It's no longer a 15-yard penalty. I vividly remember there were numerous times Joe Gibbs very famously did this with the Redskins in the uh, in the late 2000s, before 2010. Uh, they were in a crucial situation needing a game-tying field goal, and he took the timeout and then took another timeout, not knowing and understanding the rule, back-to-back timeouts, without running a play they got a 15-yard penalty it moved their field goal back to like a 57-yard field goal and the kicker missed it so that used to be the rule 15 yards it's now only five why is that big it's not a first down it's fourth and and goal fourth and one at the two they could have made a first down had christian mccaffrey gotten there and here's the big moment here's the big highlight of Vernon Hargraves coming up large one-on-one with Christian McCaffrey. Newton walks away. It's a, it's a, it's a wildcat, wildcat thing. Here's the snap to Christian. That's reverse. a double reverse. And he's still got the ball running. He's going to be knocked down at the one-yard line. And did he get the first down? I don't think so. Depends on the spot of the football. 
depends on the spot of the football. It's box ball. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have stopped the Carolina Panthers on fourth down and a half a yard. And how about the Panthers? So much scrutiny about why didn't Cam Newton sneak that at 6'5", 240. You know he's banged up. McCaffrey is their best player. Ron Rivera saying after the game, that's our best offensive weapon. And they, they wanted to use him out of the Wildcat quarterback position. He wasn't able to get the first down. The end result, Hargraves the great stop. You know what it reminded me of? You longtime Buccaneer fans will remember this. When the Bucs defeated the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas uh, back uh, – earlier in the 2000s, Brian Kelly, the defensive back, had a great one-on-one tackle against Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. I immediately remembered that play last night where it's just a DB out on the perimeter. Smith is obviously Hall of Famer, Dallas Cowboys, bigger back, a little bigger, a little thicker than McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's doing the stiff arm to Hargraves' face while he's hanging on and forcing him out of bounds. And look, Again, lots of scrutiny in Carolina. They're screaming about the officials and the spot. I don't believe that Christian McCaffrey, I saw replay after replay, you have two by now. I don't believe there's anything clear and convincing about him reaching the ball out to the one-yard line in the field of play. I think Hargraves knocked him out, and he was reaching out at the last half second while he's already out of bounds. He's out at the two. I thought live, looking down the line of scrimmage, it looked like he was out of bounds short of the marker. You can see the big orange uh, first down marker. I thought he was short of it, even though they were dropping it down. The players on the TV replay are clearly celebrating because he looked like he was short when they hit him and knocked him out. There was nothing on those replays that showed him leaning the ball in the field to play to the one. Nothing conclusive. So it's the right call. And uh, and good on the Buck defense, which stopped Carolina on fourth down three times last night. And the most important was that one, take back over the ball, kneel on the ball three times, the game is done, and the Bucs get their first win in Carolina since the Monday night victory 2016. And so uh, a great job by the team all the way around. The offense put enough points up on the board with the two scoring drives of the second half. The defense did the rest, holding Carolina without a touchdown in their house, holding them to just three offensive points in the second half. That's job well done for Todd Bowles and company. So, on the Hooters postgame show, after it was all over with, let's go inside that Buccaneer locker room and hear first from Vernon Hargraves on the performance by the defense in that critical play. Vernon Hargraves, we are live here on the Buccaneers radio network. It came down to the defense, and one final stop. You guys made it. Let's talk about digging down deep and saving the game. That's what the NFL is about. Um, this won't be the last time we have to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we got it done this time. Okay, let's talk about the play. It's a wildcat formation. Did, one, did you see that right away that it was McCaffrey? What are you thinking as he rolls that way? Yeah, when, uh, when Cam stepped up to the line of scrimmage, I thought it was the Philly special from the Super Bowl. That's what it looked like it was going to be. Uh, you were fearing they were going to throw him the ball. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a reverse to the other side of the field with the third option or he could run it in. And, um, you know, I saw my guy go in motion over the top and uh, – McCaffrey faked the pitch and came right to me. All I had to do was make the play. You did make the play. They reviewed the play. It looked like live you held him outside the one-yard line. Did you feel confident that you had stopped him? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Definitely, for sure. What does it mean for this team on four days' notice, really two and a half days to get up here after a loss to come up and win a division game and gut it out like this, Vernon? Man, it's huge. It's huge. Like you said, division game on the road. Uh, don't get no better than this. It don't get any more challenging than a division game on the road. And, um, you know, uh, we got it done tonight, and we're going to enjoy this one for 24, 
and then uh, we're gonna move on. You can enjoy it for more than 24 because you got the weekend, but it's up to you. No, I'll let you. Just 24. Just 24. Congratulations. <laughs> Next up, Chris Godwin. One big catch after another. Had a huge third down catch. We didn't feature the highlight on that final drive where Matt Gay got the field goal to make it a six-point game. Godwin, again, eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Here he was in our Hooters postgame show coverage. Chris Godwin, huge in this football game including a touchdown earlier in it. Also had a huge catch uh, on, the, on the final drive, the field goal drive, finishing uh, unofficially eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. The win is the most important thing. Tell me about the win. Yeah, man, uh, like you said, the win is the most important thing here. Um, I, th I think if, if our defense plays like that, you know, and, and we fight and claw as a team, I think we can start stacking up some wins. But like you said, the, the win is the most important thing here. All right, that drive was a six-and-a-half-minute drive that culminated with the gay field goal it really it was a game of momentum swings that's a huge momentum swing to kill the clock give the defense a rest and get points right yeah definitely um obviously like in that situation you know you want to be able to kill the clock and score a touchdown but you know for us to be able to you know drive down the field you know take a lot of time off the clock and then finish with a field goal it gave our defense you know the the leeway that they needed so that the they had to come down and score a touchdown and so our defense did a great job of defending every bleed you know it was a real team effort why do you believe you had the success tonight? And really, you've had success since the middle of last year. But why do you believe you're having this kind of success to the tune of eight catches over 100 yards? Um, I mean, really, it's just, it's just trusting the process. You know, I, I, tr I trust my coaches. I trust the position that they're going to put us in. You know, I trust my teammates. You know, I'm, just, I'm going out there just trying to make every play that comes my way, um, blocking and, and catching. You know, so I think if I just, you know, keep my head down, keep working, you know, stay with my teammates and just, you know, just, just keep pushing forward, I, I like where I stand. Assess Jameis Winston's performance here tonight. He played a clean game. He had the touchdown to you. He led that last drive. How did you think he played and led the offense? Yeah, I, th I thought Jameis played really good, man. I, th I think one thing about Jameis is he's very resilient, man. He's a he's a fiery competitor, you know, and, and, and that's what we love about him. You know, regardless of what's going on, he's going to go out there. He's going to give it his all, you know, win, lose, or draw. And, you know, he's, he's going to give us everything he's got. You know, we love that about him. And one more. I asked Vernon the same thing, to come off a tough loss at home, come up here on four days' notice and beat a division opponent on the road. What does it say early in the season to go get that one? Oh, man, it's, it says a lot, man. It's, it's, I think it says a lot about this team. You know, I think it says a lot about our, our resilience, our, our ability, you know, to, to stick together and to fight. And I, I think it's going to go a long way for us in the long, you know, later in the year. Chris, thank you. Congratulations. No problem. How money has that former mid-round draft pick from Penn State been his third year in the league coming into his own? He's a household name now all around the NFL. Everybody knows the name Chris Godwin to compliment Mike Evans. Um, and again, give credit where it's due. And then I came over with a live microphone to Shaq Barrett. Shaq attack is right. Three sacks in the third quarter, four sacks now on the season for Barrett, the pass rusher who was in Cam Newton's face like Lionel Richie all night long. Congratulations on the victory. How did this team pull it out, especially defensively? Hey, we all just stepped up and did our parts. Uh, offense scored when we needed them to score. Kicker came and made some field goals, important field goals. And the defense just stepped up and made the plays at the right time. And that's how we got the job done tonight. Let's begin with the goal line stand because that's the most important thing. What, if anything, is being said on those final plays and Vernon Hargraves eventually makes the stop? We just saying, like, it comes down to this play. Like, this is the game. We want to lose on this play. And, we didn't want to lose. We just had to just uh, knuckle up and just go after them and make the play. And Ryan made an amazing play. Like, yeah. 
we deserve to be one on one for that lead, mate. What What does it say for the job you guys did against the run against McCaffrey? He basically had about two yards per carry. Why were you so good stopping him against the run? Uh, our preparation, we prepared uh, pretty good. Our coaches had us in the right game plans, and we had some checks out there in case, like, if we had a weakness in that defense we had. So it, we was very prepared for the run game. All right, we're still checking on the stats, but the last we heard, you're the first Buccaneer since at least 1991, 1991, to get three sacks in a quarter. You had a big third quarter. Uh, why, why were you so successful at getting after Cam Newton? Uh, our back end was holding on. To, I mean, uh, having some tight coverage, making Cam hold the ball, couldn't find nobody to throw it to. And I was able to get around my guy a couple of times and just uh, get to the quarterback. It was just perfect rushing coverage working together. And la last one here. Uh, this is a young, there's a lot of young guys on this team. And to come on the road, four days' notice, gut it out like this, this is a confidence builder. It has to be, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone is a confidence builder. And just like you said, on the road, the way we played Thursday night show, we, it, it was an amazing win. And we happy that we came out on top. We still got work to do, and we're ready to get back. Well, take this break, then get back to work on uh, Monday or Tuesday. Shaq, thank you. Again, great to hear from him. A great win for the defense. A great win for the Buccaneers with the way that they played. Uh, and then got the chance to speak to the quarterback. After he was out on the set on NFL Network, many of you may have seen that talking live. Uh, there was Steve Mariucci, Michael Irvin, and the NFL Network and the postgame coverage. I got a chance to say hello to Jameis Winston about this win, evening up the record, how uh, how the offense did what it had to do, and much more. Again, from our Hooters postgame show, the conversation with number three. Real quick to come over and talk with Jameis Winston, who has been out with the NFL Network for a moment or two before we leave the air. Congratulations on the win. The win is the most important thing. And a similar question that I asked the coach, on a short week, how huge is this effort and this performance by this team? It's a big win. Uh, a great team effort, a great team win. And uh, and we're really going to enjoy this. And now we just got to bid all this and uh, hopefully let it transition to next week. Chris Godwin, can you say enough about what that young man did again tonight with eight more catches, a touchdown, a key third down catch on that final field goal drive? Just say something about the way he played, if you would. He, he, he's always been playing really well. You know, when you have one of the best receivers in the game and Mike Evans, you got to have other guys around you step up, and he really stepped up big time. Uh, the field goal drive, six and a half minutes. You guys grinded the clock. Peyton Barber running tough. Again, say something there about going between the tackles with him because he picked up a couple of first downs uh, with second effort, et cetera. Key moment in the game because you ground a lot of the clock and then went up by six. Well, that's what we uh, try to do. It's big. We, we got a lot of uh, pressure on our offensive line to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they did that. So they opened up the line of scrimmage for Peyton, and Peyton made some great runs to, uh, to lead us to victory. All right, again, uh, you come back from Sunday where you had three interceptions. You play a clean game tonight. Why were you so much better tonight on the road, hostile environment, division opponent? We had to. We had to play a great game. Uh, we had to get this win, and, uh, and I did everything I could to make sure we had, we had that. It's a sweet one tonight. Thank you, Jameis Winston. All right, thank you. Winston's solid play. Played a clean game, 16 out of 25 for 208 yards and a touchdown. I know the near interception by Luke Keekley. In the third period, shoulda, coulda, woulda. It did not happen. The Bucks ended up getting a touchdown on that drive, as it turns out, with the Peyton Manning or the uh, excuse me, the Peyton Barber touchdown. So uh, say what you want uh, about uh, about Winston's play. When you had to have it, the uh, the Bucks were able to put the drive together for the touchdown in the third quarter. Winston with the critical passes. 
One to Chris Godwin, one to Cameron Brake to move into scoring range for the Matt Gay field goal. Uh, thumbs up for Jameis as he gets a road win in the division, 20-14. to 14. And then a happy head coach. Bruce Arians got the uh, victory last night in his second game as Buccaneers coach. First win as the Tampa Bay head coach. It's being hired back in January. It was a sweet victory. And late night, Thursday night, early Friday morning, I spoke with him about the win and about what it means. Well, a 20-14 to 14 dramatic win for the Bucks on the road in the NFC South at Carolina. Coach Bruce Arians is here with us after it is done. Congratulations on the victory. How and why on a short week did this team put this performance together and pull it out? Well, I think our guys did a heck of a job preparing mentally for this ball game. Obviously, defensively, we had great intensity. I thought Todd had a great game plan, and the guys executed it without really practicing it. That's hard to do, especially against this offense. I thought Jameis played outstanding. We ran the ball really, really well, and we stopped the run. And, and if we can do those two things and make quarterbacks beat us, I think we got a chance. All right, so we'll begin with the end and the goal line stand essentially in the final 30, you know, the final two minutes of the game uh, where you're able to stop them on the fourth down. Let, let's just start with the game-winning play as it turns out. Vernon Hargraves, a one-on-one -on -one stop of Christian McCaffrey while he's the Wildcat quarterback. Yeah, and, and that was all on me. You know, um, I had called timeout. Todd Bowles didn't realize I had called timeout. And then he, it was fourth down. He said, oh, timeout, timeout. And I, like a dumbass, called timeout. <laughs> and it made it made it closer than it should have been. And uh, I had two guys grabbing me, saying, "No, no!" But it was too late. And uh, but yeah, what a tackle by Vernon! What a, you know, he played a, played his heart out all night, and uh, was a great tackle on a hell of a back. Ten tackles for him. You you did a job. Just say some more. You did a job on McCaffrey trying to run the ball. At one point, he had fewer than two yards per carry and over twenty carries in the game. What was the key to neutralizing him on the ground? Getting everybody to the ball, gang tackling, everybody have gap control and, and, and hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. All right, offensively, Chris Godwin, say something about that young man again, unofficially again, eight, eight catches, 121 yards, a touchdown, big third down catch on your last field goal drive as well. Oh, I can't say enough about the guy because he's, he's our point of attack blocker as a wide receiver, and he's a physical guy. Like I said, you know, it's the Larry Fitzgerald role from Arizona. We're going to get you. You block, I'll get you the ball. And he's done, he done a heck of a job and getting open. He's a heck of a – he made a miraculous catch. I, I thought it was inbounds. It was just slightly out of bounds on the one goal ball coming off the goal line. Jameis Winston, again, you've not seen the coach's tape, but he plays a clean game. He leads the drive, a six-and-a-half-minute drive to kill a lot of the clock and get the field goal. Assess from what you saw of Jameis. I thought he played really good. You know, again, on a short week with only one practice, basically all walkthroughs, uh, and that's a hard defense to play against. But when we can run the ball and help him like that, he, he can play action, was big for us. He missed one down to, to Brett Perriman down there. The other throw to Perriman in the end zone, I thought, Burchard should have caught that one, but uh, I thought Jameis played lights out. All right, again, uh, this team able to find a way. It was not easy in terms of the game. It was delays for the reviews. I mean, what, what if anything, you're just wanting, to, let's go, let's play ball, let's get to fourth down, right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. You know, we got, we got a rain delay, we got a lightning delay, we got referees that can't make up their decision, uh, and then they, they tack on a penalty that shouldn't have been tacked on, in my opinion, uh, but our guys stuck in there and hung in. Congratulations. A great performance here tonight. It's a road win. It's one and one in your first win as Buccaneers head coach. Congrats. Thank you. It's always good to get that monkey off your back. Yes, indeed. Take it, enjoy it for this weekend, and then get ready to be back at it for the New York Giants next week as the Bucs come away 
with victory on the road against the Carolina Panthers. A road division win. They're hard to come by. Only get three opportunities every year. Six total division games, three of them on the road. The Bucks go and get one. Rematch will be with the Panthers, obviously, in London coming in October. All right, bonus here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Let's get some more insight on the late night Thursday win. Our longtime radio analyst played 15 years in the NFL, 13 of those with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dave Moore does a fantastic job. Here was his insight on what he saw out of the offense, out of Jameis Winston, Chris Godwin, the way Peyton Barber ran in the game, but most importantly, the defense and that defensive stand. So now, uh, especially uh, here on the late night, thank you to Dave Moore for chatting with me as part of Nothing But Bucks. Here you go. What a victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Thursday night in Carolina. And so good of our radio analyst, 15 years in the NFL, a guy that has seen a lot, obviously, as a player and as an analyst for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you, Dave Moore, for hanging with me for a couple more moments here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. All right, so we've heard from the players. We've heard from Bruce Arians. I love number 83's take. How did this happen? How did this team pull this game out, especially down the stretch in the final quarter? Well, I mean, they, they obviously played great defense all day today. And, uh, you know, barring some penalties uh, that came at inopportune times that we listen to Coach Arians talk about all the time that need to be cleaned up. But they didn't turn the ball over. They took advantage of some opportunities. They established a run game. And to watch Jameis from week one to week two from a demeanor, body language, confidence he was getting the ball out on time he had enough protection to be able to do what he needed to do to get the ball uh to make first downs to the receivers that he needed to made a great throw on the touchdown um it was great to see the run game going so uh overall i mean the resilience of this young team i mean they didn't it's easy for them to break and they they, they didn't they, they played all the way to the end. And all that's going to do is give them confidence and uh, an expectation now that, that they can make plays and make stops when they needed to. They stopped Carolina f- three times on fourth down and won to win the game right down by the goal line. And you don't see that too often. Not with a guy like Cam Newton. Oh, no, not at all. And by the way, this guy's not only a Pro Bowl player, but he's now a Pro Bowl radio veteran because he just handled the PA announcements uh, flawlessly while still giving his answer and didn't miss a beat. The Hargraves play. I mean, we've seen all kinds of uh, heroic plays in certain situations. You cannot overstate that's one-on-one against one of the shiftiest, toughest guys to bring down. Just rate that play from what you've seen and the replays you've seen because it decided the game. It did, and it was a great play. I mean, every team uh, every week practices the two-point plays and this is one of those and they're they're the ones that where you got to get a play to pick up those couple yards to either make a two-point conversion or get you a touchdown when you're inside the two and you know they motion cam out of the backfield they had McCaffrey in a wildcat situation they motion wide now, now Hargrave said to us he was thinking they may throw the ball to Cam, Philly special, do the reverse, Philly special, but he was heads up enough, stay home and wait for McCaffrey in case they fake it. Right, so all that was going on, and the wide receiver on Hargrave's side had to snap, fake the reverse, and then McCaffrey kept it, but because of what you're saying, Hargrave's being disciplined enough, trusting his teammates to do their job, stayed home, and he was the only guy in the area that was able to run him out, and he not only 
withstood the stiff arm, but he was able to drive him out of bounds a half a foot short of the first down marker and you know ultimately ended the game but it was really good to see the way it was done and and who was involved in getting it done and uh all day today i mean a guy like barrett you know we saw him very limited in preseason we were wondering what he was going to be all about the constant pressure on cam newton because we've seen him have his way with the bucks defenses in the past and to do what he did to stop him McCaffrey uh, there in that situation and overall what the defense did to shut him down because he had a tremendous game for over 200 yards last week between receiving and rushing and then limit him today and it was just good to see I mean they needed that off the short week um, and you know last week they got away from him because of turnovers and penalties and they still have plenty to clean up and plenty to learn from it's a great teaching tape for them to review with an extra couple days that'll help them as the season goes on all right so you've been around you've seen a lot of these different things you were just making reference to come up on a short week and get a win like this it's an emotional charge for a team especially for young players it's positive reinforcement uh all the all the good things that come with it i mean the food's going to taste better on the plane ride back that we're going to take you're going to sleep better you got the weekend here to rest up after a a thursday night game all of those things are positive right and you know you go on the road and lose on a thursday now you have those extra few days to think about it. The advantage right. of playing on a short week was that a bad taste in their mouth from Sunday, but they only had to wait three and a half days to do it again, and they came out. And that's not easy to do. I mean, to be able to play and then go on the road on a Thursday um, is not an easy task, and to play with the intensity and the effort they did today is a compliment, really, to the players and the coaches for coming out ready to go. couple more. Chris Godwin, you've played with a lot of great receivers uh, in your career. You played with Keyshawn Johnson, who's one of the guys uh, that's very well known, and you'll probably name another one or two that I'm not thinking about in the middle of the night after a Thursday night game. But Godwin is coming on. As a mid-round pick, he is, he is coming on big time for this team. Eight balls tonight, 120 yards. Assess what you've seen. Well, he's a great route runner. He's a big physical guy. Even on those quick wide receiver screens he got, there was nothing there. Um, He had guys blocking for him, but the defenders just read it and were around. But he was able to spin, break tackles, um, and fight for those extra yards. But he's a big guy. He can shield defenders, and he can go up and make catches over the middle, you know, where some receivers don't like to do that so much. So he's a guy that's really uh, matured and and developed into a, a pretty good weapon. And finally, for Bruce Arians, it's definitely memorable to go on Thursday night and get your first win as the Bucks coach in that kind of situation. Goal line stand, fourth down stop, beat Cam Newton. That's, uh, hey, mission accomplished there on that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it's a compliment to the coaching staff for getting him ready. Um, I mean, he's a guy that, that we know even before he got here of, of his – you know, tenure in the league and his success and the coaches leaving other places like Mike, Mike Ball left Chicago to come down here to be with him. And these guys respect him. And, you know, that goes all the way down to the players and they believe in what, he, uh, you know, everything he tells them and how he coaches them. And, you know, when you believe for the coaches or believe in the coaches you're playing for, it makes a big difference in, in tight games like this. Great stuff from Dave Moore with me on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Thank you, 83. I, I'm done bothering you until we talk pregame before the Giants game coming a week from Sunday. Thank you. Well, it'll be more enjoyable for us as well.
Bucks will take it. It's a 20 to 14 win over Carolina. And now you get to relax a little bit here over the next couple of days and reload, rest up after a short week. Again, you can't emphasize enough that basically two and a half days, like we were talking about with Vernon Hargraves, we were mentioning it with Dave Moore, two and a half days you had after the loss to the to the 49ers. You know, that game didn't get over with till well after almost 7.45, 8 p.m. Sunday night. You know, coaching staff tries to digest the game, dissect the game, noon. On, on uh, Monday, you're putting the San Francisco game away. You're looking at the tape. You're, you're grading it. You're marking things down as good or bad. And then you're on to, to trying to prepare for Carolina. And you basically only got one day of practice Tuesday. And you're flying on a plane Wednesday afternoon to come to Charlotte. To put that kind of performance together Thursday night, when Carolina has the advantage of being at home and not having to travel, had an extra day to prepare because they're not having to travel, and the Bucks put it on them and get the division win, thumbs up to Bruce Arians, his staff, Great job by the players. Great victory on Thursday evening. This is when we love coming your way, even groggy on Nothing But Bucks after a win like that. So that will do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with the highlights and the interviews, getting those to me. Uh, Our uh, director of broadcasting, Buck Radio Network, is Jeff Ryan, helping and assisting. Thanks also to analyst Dave Moore for being with me on that special interview after the game was over. And I hope you enjoyed hearing the highlights and the players. Reminder, we will not have a game, obviously, this weekend. We will not be back till next Sunday, and that is another 425 Eastern Time game with the New York Giants coming to town. Giants play the Bills this weekend at home at the Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Buffalo hands the Giants a second straight loss. We'll find out. The Giants will come into Raymond James Stadium, and the Bucks will get a chance to battle them and get back over the 500 mark with a win. We look forward to being on the air next Sunday afternoon. Uh, that is uh, coming up on uh, the 23rd. So we'll take a little uh, respite uh, here from uh, that uh, Sunday afternoon, actually the 22nd. Of, uh, of September. So a little respite this weekend, like we joke with Vernon Hargraves, enjoy it for a day or two, then get back at practice Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to be ready for the New York Giants. Rest up, heal up, and hopefully get good news as well on Devin White, on Jamel Dean, and the injured players uh, for the Giants game and beyond. So that'll do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Again, subscribe wherever you find podcasts on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, subscribe away. Uh, Whether you found us through the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com, or through social media, you get this podcast automatically coming to you if you subscribe. As soon as the Buck game is done, we come your way the next day. And, uh, And thrilled to come your way today after a Buck win on Thursday night football in Carolina. That'll do it. Bucks and Giants coming a week from Sunday on the 22nd of September. 425 start on that one. For now, your Buccaneers are one and one in the NFC South with a good road win at Carolina. And you've been listening to Nothing But Bucks.